the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2012 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground for Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, today accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hey, everybody. And behind the controls, our son, Michael. Hello, everyone. Okay, for those of you who don't know the show, it's the first time, and listen, it's the first time you're listening today. Welcome. Good luck. Uh, but this show, <laughs> the first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. The second part of the show, we talk about politics, history, religion, charitable giving. We're going to kind of combine, you know, religion and charitable giving. We're going to talk to brother. We're going to talk to brother McFeely of the Franciscans on 31st Street in Manhattan about Otto, the work they do. Otto is also with us. Yes. <laughs> He's guarding the door. <laughs> but the first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount of taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. So, Beth, you picked a question out of the uh, email, or did Michael do it this no, week? No, Michael did it today. All right, Michael, what's our question? This question is from Suzanne. Dear Mr. Connors... I'm wondering if a will needs to be notarized. My mom just wants to write her wishes on a piece of paper and sign it. I keep trying to explain to her that won't work for 2020. How can I convince her to see an attorney? Well, one thing you can tell her it won't work in 2020 <laughs> because uh, a signed napkin is not a will. Now, this is a, a weird thing to try to explain. A will does not have to be notarized. Um, in fact, the will, in effect, is not notarized. The signatures of the witnesses to the will can be notarized to an affidavit that they sign the will. And the reason you do that, in case something happens to the witnesses, you don't have to try to track them down later. It used to be back in the old days, um, you did a will and the witnesses to the will would have to sign an affidavit or in some cases be produced in court to testify that they had signed the will. Now we can sign an affidavit attached to the will, which they sign a sworn statement that they signed the will on that day. But that does, whether a will is valid or not, has nothing to do with the notary. The will does have to be witnessed by two people, and those two people have to be willing to testify that they witnessed the person sign, that it was a will that they witnessed, that the person knew they were signing a will, 
And it's not just a piece of paper, and it's not a form. You know, sometimes, you know, forget about just on a napkin. Sometimes people fill out forms on the Internet. They print up the forms off the Internet. They get any two people to witness it, and the witnesses don't know what they sign. They're not sure what they sign. They don't remember what they sign, and you got a problem getting that will through court. So I don't know what your your, your mother owns, but does she want everything that she saved and uh, scrimped and saved and, and put together in her estate? Does she want it to go willy-nilly, or does she want it to go where she wants it to go? And, you know, the cost of a will usually is not, not that much. And if you want to come in and talk it over with us, you're more than welcome to do it at Connors & Sullivan. Now we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to have Kevin McCullough, and he's going to ask one of the questions he got from his show. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash F Melia. Once again, call 888-943-2646 and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank. NMLS number 403503. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Every week we promise you that you'll get a question answered from Mike Connors of Connors and Sullivan and he uh, takes great delight in trying to help you answer the questions that you have about estate care and elder law and he rejoins us. Mike, this week's question comes from Clara from Brooklyn. She says, my husband is starting to decline. He's become more forgetful and in addition to his health failing, what do I need to do now to prepare for the worst case? Uh, will he need to go into a nursing home? It sounds sad, Mike, but I got to figure this is somewhat common in what you guys deal with. Yeah, it's common all the time. I mean, the first thing we got to look at to see if the husband is able, mentally able to sign a power of attorney. Um, and that's crucial in this case because, God forbid, he goes to a nursing home. We want to be able to legally get assets out of his name, put it in the wife's name, you know, depending on the circumstances. And you also may want to look at a health care proxy because maybe you have to make medical decisions behalf on the behalf of your husband, and you'd like the written authority to check his medical records through a health care proxy. That would be two very practical first steps, Clara, and I hope it's helpful. Friends, if you've got similar questions, you can call Mike Connors and Connors and Sullivan anytime, day or night, 718-238-6500. Uh, they uh, have a great team in uh, five different locations spread out across the tri-state and ready to help you, 718-238-6500. You can also send your questions to askmikeconnors at gmail.com, where he will answer at least one here on Kevin McCullough Radio. And, of course, uh, 
answer many more of them on his broadcast, which is Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM 570 and FM 102.3 The Mission, then Saturday nights and Sunday mornings at 6 p.m. and 11 a.m. on AM 970 The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. I have children. How can I protect them if something happens? Will my to assets be lost if I go into a nursing home? We have property. How will it affect the ones still here? Who will help us take care of Grandma? These questions can be answered by calling 718-238-6500 for a free consultation from Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, providing dedicated, caring, and highly responsive legal services. They're focused on issues that matter to you, protection of your family, preservation of your assets, and respect of your wishes with dignity. That's all I want from a lawyer, making it easier for my children. Call 718-238-6500. Get a free consultation. Connors & Sullivan's clients don't get lost in the cracks. They have dedicated attorneys who know their clients and the issues that matter most to them. Connors and Sullivan's estate planning, elder law, and probate attorneys work closely with every client. Don't leave behind problems for your family. Call 718-238-6500 and get a free consultation today. Connors and Sullivan, plan now for later. Thank you again to Kevin McCullough, and remember to listen to him on these stations, you know, Monday through Friday. Now, Michael, if, if somebody does have an email question, where do they email the question to? They can reach us at askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors, Connors spelled C-O-N-N-O-R-S, at gmail.com. Michael, also, where, you know, obviously we haven't been doing seminars in public for, you know, the last nine, ten months, but where can somebody catch one of our past seminars? Well, if you want to see one of our seminars, we actually taped a video seminar specifically because of the difficulties this year. Um, you can find that. Just go to YouTube and search Connors and Sullivan Video Seminar. It'll be on our Ask the Lawyer, uh, Ask the Lawyer Show channel. Okay. Um, time to take a break, and we'll be back with Brother McFeely in a couple of minutes. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, it's the we're getting toward the end of the year, and some some people here and there are looking for charitable deductions before the end of the year. And of course, it is the Christmas season; it's a good time to make a gift. And one of our clients, one of their favorite charities, uh, deals with the Franciscans on West 31st Street, Manhattan. We're very happy to have Brother Richard McFeeler to explain, well, what what do you guys do? Uh, well, uh, at, the, <clears throat> at the church, we are uh, a 
sort of uh, starting a parish, or it's not starting a parish, but they're trying to make it into a parish at this point. Uh, but it's a, we, it was opened originally for the workers at night um, with masses and confessions. You know, they would go all day long and then into the evening. Um, but one of our main thrusts is feeding the hungry. And one of the things that, how we do that, one of them is through the bread line, but also through the Franciscan Relief Fund that we have, we started not too long ago. And both uh, the bread line serves, uh, has been going since 1930, uh, at the uh, time of the Great Depression. And it's been going ever since then. Uh, in fact, there was one day that we the bread line did not function, the only time in its history, and that was when Sandy hit the hurricane. Um, so that, that's been going for a very long time, and it's uh, dealing mostly with people who, from my experience, dealing with people on the hobos on the street. Uh, probably some people from the pandemic have now beginning to show up because of uh, losing jobs and whatever and uh, in the need of some food. Uh, but the Franciscan Relief Fund also has been set up to help that, uh, those people, uh, especially the relief workers, uh, waiters or busboys or waitresses, uh, housekeepers, ushers, dishwashers, bartenders, all those kinds of people who uh, desperately need food during this pandemic. They don't, they don't have enough, uh, they don't have the funds to supply groceries for their families and that stuff, many of them. So they come to us and we work in conjunction with Stop and Shop. And Stop and Shop uh, will give us once we we can buy tickets for them, $100 gift certificates that the people are given so that they might uh, uh, go and get uh, the food that they need for their family to help support them. And they usually get a $100 gift certificate uh, for the food. And uh, so far with that, this is relatively new. We've already fed uh, 2,000 families doing that. Uh they can pick whatever they want when they go up, when they go shopping. They can, you know, take up anything they need for their family in terms of food and maybe other household items, I suppose. But no alcohol is allowed okay. to them to buy or, or cigarettes, that kind of stuff. Well, let me let me let me ask you something, sure. Franciscans. You know, sometimes some of our listeners who are not Catholic, and even some of our listeners who are Catholic. They kind of get a yeah. little confused. How many Franciscans are out there? Oh, gosh. There are many, many, many Franciscans. Uh, and different orders. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What we are is that uh, we, uh, we're the first order, 14,000 of us, the first order. Then there's the second order, which is made up of uh, poor Claire sisters. They're a, a group of sisters that are cloistered. And then the third order is Franciscan, uh, started for the lay people who could not join a religious order at that time. It was for them to be able to follow Francis in their lives. That has since morphed into a lot of Franciscan uh, third order religious groups. So you'll have uh, priests or brother groups or uh, like the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn would be third order. 
um, and um, the third order nuns would be teachers or whatever. They do various things. So throughout the world, there are many, many, many dresses. I would assume into the 30, 40,000 maybe numbers uh, worldwide. And so many of us, only God really knows how many of us are. <laughs> well, I hope somebody's got to count somewhere. How did you find yeah. your vacation? How did, I, how did I find it? Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, it was something that I always thought of as a kid. And I, had, I made a, uh, after high school, made the decision I was going to enter a group and went into a group of the uh, African missionaries. I was going to conquer Africa for God, you know, that kind of thing. Soon, it just didn't work out. I was too young. I shouldn't have gone in at that age. And uh, anyway, I left. And but about six years later, the idea of religious lights was still with me. And uh, so I figured, well, I'll give it another shot. Went to many, looked at many different groups. Uh, there was always something lacking in each one of them uh, for me. And I had a family mem- friend of my parents who had studied with the friars at one time was going to be a friar and he suggested he would take me to see them and I wound up going to our vocational office and they had me on a weekend up in Rye Beach, New Hampshire. We had a retreat house and uh, I was just bowled over by them. I uh, what, what was missing in the other groups I found with the friars. I just felt extremely comfortable with them. They were very down to earth. Uh, no airs or anything about them. I just found them to be regular, normal people who were struggling like most people do to live good lives and uh, serve their God. So uh, that's basically how I got in. That's almost 50 years ago. That's I wonderful. Have, congratulations. Yes. Well, congratulations when you get your 50th uh, Jubilee yeah. there. Now, let, let me ask. Yes. Okay. Let, let me ask you, you know, another question because some of our listeners, again, you're a brother. You're not a priest. Can you explain the difference? The difference is that I am, don't do anything that is sacramental. I'm not ordained to perform any sacraments. Otherwise, our life is basically the same. So we, we live together in community, and we all, uh, everybody has the work that they do. The brothers are into various different kinds of work. Uh, could be teaching. We have some lawyers. We've had some doctors at times. We've had some uh, maintenance people, shoemakers, habit makers, all sorts of different things. Whereas the priest's vocation in, uh, pretty much uh, traditionally has been that they've worked in our parishes uh, for the most part. Uh, we even have barbers now, actually. So. Well, that's handy uh, since you can't go to a barber shop in some places. <laughs> would they so cut? Uh, would they cut my husband's hair? Uh, <laughs> well, so, Mike, so did, Mike, weren't you taught by brothers? Yeah, I, we talked about the the brothers of St. Francis Brooklyn. Now, of course, I didn't realize at the time that St. Francis came to Brooklyn and founded a group, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was educated by the Franciscans both in grammar school and in uh, high school St. Francis Prep. St. Francis Prep in Brooklyn. Yes, in Brooklyn. Doesn't belong in Queens. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's uh, not far from where I grew up uh, and where I went to high school. So I'm familiar with the, the school. All right, so... Um, 
So what do you guys do? How much do you guys get paid? Well, we don't get paid. We get a in each house, and it depends on the house and the uh, uh, what the community decides. Uh, we each get a stipend each month, uh, and that can that is called a, I say a stipend, like an allowance, uh, which is a small amount of money. It depends on the houses. Some get more than others, but uh, that could. Uh, include uh, paying for different things rather than the community paying for it. So uh, all all money will go to the community initially. We don't get to keep anything. So if I have a job outside that isn't connected with the prize itself, my check would immediately go to the province. And then this, the community takes care of us through the funds that they have. So uh, salaries are not bad. Although, you know, if you have a, a professor in one of the colleges teaching, they would get a salary for the college, and that goes into the community. All right. So, so, so if somebody makes a donation, how much money yeah. gets to the people who need the food? Everything. We are we're very strict that anything that is donated, and we have the, each foundation or each uh, charity is has its own. It's set up separately, and the money that is designated for say the breadline goes only to the breadline. Uh, anything that is to, uh, is donated to the Franciscan Relief Fund just goes to the re- relief fund. We do not take any of the monies that we uh, collect for um, these charities. Um, we use the money to buy the materials we need, if it's food and that kind of thing. But other than that, um, go straight to the work that we said it was, you know, that they donated to. Now, so, so, now somebody leaves something to the Franciscan Mission Associates at West 30. What's your address anyway? I know it's West 31st Street, but... Yeah, 129 West 31st. So if somebody leaves something, let's say somebody comes in, they're doing a will, um, what what are the different programs that people can choose to which to leave their money? Uh, they can leave it to, uh, they could just leave their funds to the Franciscans, period, and then uh, leaving it up to us to do what we need to do our ministries, or they can specify it for, say, the bread line, like this woman that you had, uh, you, you got the uh, will from uh, recently. Right. Um, the FMU we also have, which is uh, for missions, and right. we support us uh, throughout wherever we have missions in the world. Uh, um and I, I forgot the question you asked me, actually. Yeah, well, what are the different programs that people can can, can uh, donate to? Yes, they can do, do, donate to Francis, Franciscan Deliverers, uh, to the Franciscan Relief Fund, to the uh, Friars uh, Ferry. We, we uh, bury people who have no family or anyone. There could be children. It's non-denominational. We do a service for any person who uh, has died and cannot, uh, you know, they may be homeless. And we remember them through 
uh, burial service that we offer them. And the program is, we remember them, is actually the name of it. Uh, <laughs> the program was um, throughout the province, as any one of our ministries could come, come to us at, here at the headquarters and ask that we, um, if we have, if they could get some of those funds to bury somebody from their ministry say their parish or whatever um so we would help them that way when you say pro when you say province can you explain that the provinces we're we six seven provinces of the united states and we're, it's territorial basically that we're, we're uh, divided up into and where we started basically the eastern seaboard but recently we have uh been been going through a process where we're going to merge all those provinces together except one. One province decided not to join it. So there'll, there'll be six provinces that will become one sometime around my 50th anniversary in 2023. So <clears throat> that's all in the works right now. So in that sense, Holy, Holy Name Province will no longer be Holy Name Province. It will be whatever the new name of the new thing is called. Uh, so we have a province in California, one in Mexico. We have uh, West in Chicago, Wisconsin. Uh, the province that isn't going to join us is the what we call the Italian province of Act of Deception. They're here in New York as well as, as we are. Uh, so we cover the country uh, with the different six provinces. So we're now going to join and become one. Uh, and part of that has to do with the numbers. Uh, part, you know, it, that we the numbers will help us to be able to do our ministry uh, more effectively. Uh, when we were planning this thing, we had to <clears throat> each province had to give up a certain amount of their ministries, and and uh, we we did that. So we're now. Uh, there'll be certain ministries that will, the province will do once it gets started. Brother, what's your day like, day-to-day, -day, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday? What kind of work are you involved in? What's your day-to-day -day activities? Okay, um, well, the morning, we get up for uh, morning prayer. We have morning prayer together as a community. And uh, actually, right now, I'm getting up before then and going to the bread line each day. Uh, where we serve uh, over around 250 people a day. Um, then I come in, we go to morning prayer. And then uh, in terms of the rest of the day, I am new to the community here, and therefore I am uh, just settling in. I'm getting to know the bread line better. Uh, and hopefully in the future, we hope to expand our services a little. Uh for the, the, the people, the street people. Um, at, not, at, you know, we eat our meals together, uh, go to meetings, and at night uh, we uh, have an evening prayer, um, spend some time in community, uh, in the rec room and stuff like that in the evening. Uh, very normal life. Um, before I was in a, uh, up until just recently, I ran a, our nursing home in Ringwood, New Jersey, that we had for our men. So uh, this is a new experience for me. Now, may I ask your age? 
my age, I'm going to be 75 in March. Okay, do you re- are you going to retire? <laughs> no, well, they, they don't encourage retirement. <laughs> there are that do retire for various reasons. It could be health reasons, but... Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, prices keep going until uh, they drop. (laughs) Well, I think my husband learned that. He just turned 70. I don't think he's going to (laughs) retire. I don't think I would be good at retirement. Yeah, what would you do? I think I'd become a couch potato. Uh, So this uh, it helps keep you young, I suppose. Uh, And as long as my health remains, uh, I would continue working. We have a gentleman here who, two gentlemen, two friars. One is they're both close to one's eighty six and one's eighty, almost eighty six. Oh, God bless him. Work full. Well, the one works full time. The other one has some health problems. He's not working full time. But the one who's eighty six now, Father Michael, he's he's. Does what everybody else does. You know, he has a full day. Kept them young. <laughs> well, okay, baby. How, but by the way, how late would what, what? What is the latest somebody can have a vocation and be accepted into the order? We uh, now go. We'll accept somebody uh, uh, around forty-five. Would be the uh, from twenty-one to forty-five. There might be an exception on uh, on the the 45 side, depending on the person. But, you know, you get a a person to come in after around that age, 45 or well, it's harder for them in a way because they're not used to living community. And that takes a lot of give and take. Uh, You have different personalities. I'm in a house of 24 people now, and we're all different. And, you know, it's just a matter of... uh, trying to keep peace with one another and uh, <laughs> treat each other with a God of respect and love. And if you have a good uh, uh, guardian who rules the, who rules the place, who runs the place, uh, you can have a wonderful community. Uh, and we have that in our guardian here. It very, uh, keeps us very active and working in trying to improve our life together. And it's worked. So, uh, you, you know, you, you meet, uh, further you meet one Franciscan, you can't wait to meet the next one. It's the experience that they just, uh, <laughs> I noticed that in our, uh, uh, when we get gathered together as a community, the whole province, not the whole province, but many from the province will come for ordinations or solemn vows. And I've always been amazed at how much the friars are loved by people because we're, we're in a lot of ways a crazy bunch of guys. And it just, it just amazes me how people take to us. And I think the reason that happens is the reason I entered the order, uh, because we're very down to earth. We don't have, for the most part, guys don't put on airs that are better than anybody else. We're, we're in the same boat as Everybody who we serve, in the sense of, we're just trying to live good lives, That's, you know, and and serving our God. Uh, in the community, being in community, that certainly helps us to you know, keep ourselves all equal. You know, you don't have uh, any kind of. I, I worked in vocations once, and I used to tell people you better have uh, uh, a sense of humor about yourself. <laughs> and they asked me what I said, well, because the friars are famous, they'll pick the smallest little quirk that you have, and they'll go after you relentlessly. 
<laughs> and if you can't laugh at yourself, <laughs> it'd be very difficult. You have to be able to have a sense of humor about yourself and the, you know, your oddities or whatever the thing that the fries love to pick up, pick on and go at you for. <laughs> so it's yeah. uh, it makes an interesting life. Now I'm going to ask you a stupid question. For you, it may be a stupid question, but I think our audience needs to hear it. When you give out, you know, food to the poor, you don't ask yeah. them if they're Catholic or not. Never. No. As I, I said, the one program where we, the burial thing that I mentioned, you know, it doesn't matter what religion they are, what sex, what uh, sexual identity, what anything. Uh, it doesn't matter. They're just people who have uh, no one to remember them as, in their death, and we do that for them. Uh, we buried uh, even some Buddhists. Uh, there's nothing, nothing like that that's uh, in the bread line that we ask that you Catholic of that that never comes up. Never even a question. Everybody's welcome. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes people think or, or, or they have the impression, non-Catholics have the impression, that you're out there only really to serve other Catholics. No, no, that, that's not true. That uh, couldn't be anything uh, more uh, untrue about that. I mean, been my experience with the Friars uh, all these years is that uh, we never we never make those kinds of distinctions. It's you're a human being who needs help. We're there to help you, no matter what. Can you give uh, it? Can you give us an anecdotal story about how somebody's been helped by the, the, the bread line? How somebody's been helped by the bread line? Yeah, an anecdotal story, uh, you know, something. See, all right, let me think for a second. That's uh, okay. This is new for me on the bread line. So a story I've heard where the people had been, well, I think there have been people who have, for one thing, uh, uh, who have uh, been helped by the bread line who eventually have come in and worked for the bread line, I believe, at different times. Oh, really? But there, there is a guy in Tampa whose father uh, was online, and he became a doctor. A medical doctor after receiving help? After receiving help and being on the line. Yeah. All right. We helped pay for his medical uh, degree, actually. How difficult. Now service the harmless in uh, Tampa itself. Right. How difficult has it, the, all the problems with COVID, how is, more difficult has it made for you than made for you? Well, uh, one of the things, you know, like uh, for me, one of my concerns particularly was that uh, given I would somebody be one of those people that have some preconditions that I got to be careful about. Like I had some, I have diabetes, not a bad taste of it, but I have it. I had operations for cancer and uh, a number of things that would put me at risk by age. Um, so I am very careful. Uh, I have noticed that when we're giving out the food, um, you know, they're coming up in all different uh, shapes and sizes and uh some are cleaner than others, and you know, but there's none of that interaction where you're touching people. And I always wear gloves and uh, masks, so you're. I feel pretty safe out there while I'm giving the food out. Um, but it, what the COVID has done, I think, is sent those people who normally wouldn't have been on the line, who have found themselves in great need, and are on the line now. 
Have have your uh, donations dried up a little bit because of COVID? No. Oh, no, good. people are very generous. People have been very generous. Uh, I would think that the, that one bequest that you got through that Jewish woman was uh, a rather large one. You know, that we do get bequests from other people, but I think normally I think the donations would be from uh, the uh, everyday citizen who would just be sending into the office and designated where they wanted the money to go. Yeah, the lady in question, God bless her, but, I mean, she was interested in feeding poor people. And, yeah. From you know, her and, office. You know, so uh, she was a wonderful person. She gave a lot. She was a generous person. She continued to give after she was gone. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, very true. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful thing that a woman of our faith, you know, being different than us, thought of us and knew what we did and was happy to give to us because she knew that we were helping those who were in need. Uh, and that's what I get most proud about. Uh, our ministries go beyond the church. We affect people uh, of all different types and faiths. We, uh, you know, and through our fundraisers. And uh, I think they, they get the sense through uh, our online uh, activity and the stuff, stuff that we put, they get a sense of who we are, what we do. So like most, a lot of people might not give to a church, for instance, but they would give to us and the ministries we have because it's not churchy in that sense. It's for people in great need. And that's what attracts them. Not necessarily the, the whole church thing. Uh, many people, you know, nowadays, the uh, even young people who are not necessarily, many of them are not drawn to church and not drawn to the faith, but they would give to something like this because they see that it's a good thing and they want to do something good. And they trust that what we say, we do, and we do that. That's one of the things I'm most proud about, that every penny goes to the the, uh, the cause that, is you, that we're donating to. <laughs> so... So where can people find out, you know, how, how can you find out more about you guys in St. Francis? You got a website? Where where do you go? Yes, we have a, a website, but we have a couple of places where you could go to Friar uh, uh, Works. You could go to Friar Works and you would see the Franciscan uh, Relief Fund there. You could go to... Uh, Franciscan delivers or the uh, bread line, and that would be on. Uh, it would be called Franciscan Spread for the Poor on, on the internet. They find that, and that would take them right in and show them where they could donate uh, the money for the people who are uh, forgotten dead. That could be found on the. the we have a, a, a site for the Franciscan Guild, and. St. Anthony's Guild, I should say, not St. Francis, not Franciscan Guild, the St. Anthony's Guild. And that site is there where it explains that program. So most of the stuff could be people uh, who come in and learn about us and donate right away, or there could be people who just go online and find these different sites and get in touch with us that way. All right. Now, I'm just going to make one last comment. You know, a lot of our clients out there listening – 
you know, they're they're real estate rich, cash poor. You know, they got a house that could be worth a million dollars, two million dollars, three million dollars, and they may not have much money in the bank. But if right. you, when yeah. you're doing your will, when you're doing your trust, if you want to leave a certain amount to charity, you know, right. that's a good time to do it. A lot of people, they, they don't have the cash. They're living on a fixed income. But sometimes when they pass away, when they do pass away, they own a lot of real estate or even one house in Brooklyn that's worth $2 million or $3 million. And a small percentage even going to, to charity, to going to you guys, can right. really help. Yes. That's, uh, that's a great help. Uh, they, well, many people donate uh, through wills and stuff like that to the prisoners of the Holy Name province, and they put us in their will. And <clears throat> that's, for instance, uh, how this Jewish woman, uh, what she did, she wanted to help the poor, so she found the red line, right? Right. And decided to use that as a, and that's part of the Franciscans as well, of course. I don't want to say too much, but she heard about you guys on our show a few years back. <laughs> Hooray! Uh, okay. And we have a, you know, a planned giving program as well, so people can plan for us in the future. Uh, through Father David, who is the head of uh, our development office. Uh, or Father David is not only the head of our development office, but he's also the guardian, the superior to this house. Uh, and a classmate of mine. Proud to say, so. Classmate in what uh, what school? Uh, classmate is the, with the Friars. We end with the uh, division. And wh whoever you join, uh, when you go to the division, who's ever in that group becomes your classmates. So in our group, we have probably out of the twenty-one we started with, there are probably still about a dozen or so still with us. But oh, that's fantastic. David, Father David can be reached at uh, here at 212-564-8834. Can you repeat that again? Because some people are old like us, and it takes them a little bit of time to write something down. <laughs> yeah, it's Father David Convertino, C-O-N-V-E-R-T-I-N-O. -E and he can be reached at 212-564-8834. So he does all the, you know, the fundraising for the province of development. Uh, and they have this planned giving program that they run. So people can uh, pre-decide that they want to give to the friars. You know, that might be very healthy at this point, but when they die, they want to give to, to us. So Brother, thank you for doing God's work. You know, you're helping some of us because at least if we give to you, you guys can, you know, atone for some of our sins. Atone for our own. We see ourselves as sinners like everybody else, you know, no better. I'm no better than anybody else in that regard. I, I have my issues and problems in life and commit, commit my own sins in life and need forgiveness just like everybody else <clears throat> well god bless you for what you guys are doing thank you so much well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you i hope i hope it gives you what you need <laughs> all right thank <laughs> you brother perfect. okay talk okay. to you again someday i'm in a good place in my life and i'm energized by new adventures 
I've got friends to laugh with. And a good relationship. But even though I'm kind of comfortable, I sometimes wonder, is there something more? Could God in church be what you're looking for? Come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. You know, thanks again to all the Franciscans who are doing so much good, you know, around the world. And listen, if any of you, you know, you hear what you like and you want to make a charitable gift, I mean, we usually do things through wills and trusts. So, again, if you want to leave the Franciscans in your will, you want to leave any charity in the will, come in our office, we'll talk it over. There's not necessarily a right way to do anything, but I, I do know there are a lot of people out there that have real estate properties that are worth a lot of money. They don't have a lot of cash. They're living on a fixed income. And, of course, today in COVID, I think we're all a little scared of what might happen next week, next month. You know, we'll, some people, will we have a job, not have a job? Will we have an income, not have an income? And we don't know, and it's a frightening time. But this way, whatever is left in our estate after we're gone, if we want to leave a, a small piece or a large piece to charity, come into Connors & Sullivan, and we'll, we'll talk it over. You're almost always welcome to come in and you know when you when you do come in if you come into the brooklyn office one of our rooms is the uh, john wayne room <laughs> we have different memorabilia from the the wayne family and some stuff we put together ourselves over the years and uh we have a call or we have we, we had an email message from hetty right it's even better than that it's a christmas card now you know we don't we don't read our Christmas cards over the airway. This is going to be a first. And um, I'm, so many wonderful people send us notes and cards. And first of all, I just can't thank you enough for doing that because um, we just appreciate it. And we love you all. We love you all. But this is a lovely Merry Christmas card from Hetty. Dear Mr. Connors and Beth. I so enjoy your radio program. Every topic you talk about is right up my alley and with such intelligence, humor, and compassion. On Sunday, December 6th, you talked about the Wayne family. It just so happened that I watched Big Jake and the Searchers on Grit TV the night before. I remember that you consider the searchers to be one of the best, if not the best, westerns ever made. Beth, you talked about speaking with Ethan Wayne at a function a few years ago. Ethan Wayne was a little boy in Big Jake. He played John Wayne's grandson. I thank you for the pleasure and sense of community you offer from the audience. May you and your family enjoy your Christmas season and have a wonderful 2021. Sincerely, Hetty. Hetty, Merry Christmas to you, and thank you. This this brightened our day, and 
it just brightened everybody's day. Thank you so very much from the bottom of our heart. Well, you know, one of the things about Big Jake we like so much is, of course, it was one of the best roles that Patrick Wayne ever had. And also, Christopher Mitchum, and both of them been on our show, Christopher Mitchum, Robert Mitchum's son, was one of John Wayne's son. Patrick Wayne was, a, you know, another one of John Wayne's son in the movie. And, of course, his son, Ethan, played his grandson in the movie. So, but... You know, there's a little bit of nostalgia when you watch that movie. It's certainly not the greatest Western John Wayne ever made. It's not a John Ford, but it's a fun movie. It was my father's favorite movie. So, Hetty, you and my father were watching that. Dad down from heaven. He loved Big Jake. So, God bless the Waynes and everybody else. But Merry Christmas, Hetty. Thank you so much. Okay, you know, it's about time we wrapped up the show this week. Uh, I, I hope you enjoy the interview with, with Brother McFeely. Um, it, it's time to put, I guess, 2020 in the past and, you know, look forward to 2021. It can't be a worse year. Hopefully, the virus will be conquered by the vaccine, and we will have a Merry Christmas next year. Thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer.
Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC.